This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, if there's just one thing to do to start off with, it's surround yourself with others who are growing, who love you, who want to watch you grow, who will teach you. That is the most powerful thing you can have in your life. Thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a resource of Journey Church International right here in Lee Summit, Missouri. I'm Brandon, and I'm really looking forward to a conversation today with Pastor Christian about his most recent Sunday message from Journey. This Sunday is week number three in a series that we're calling Hezekiah, where we're learning how we can walk with God in deeper ways as we take a look at the life of King Hezekiah. If you'd like to check this out later in your Bible, you can see this passage in 2 Kings chapter 18. Before we jump into the message, I'd like to read a review from one of our listeners to the podcast. The listener writes this, I've listened to the podcast since it started and always look forward to it each week. So thankful for this tool to dig deeper into my faith throughout the week and not just hear the sermon on Sunday, but to really think about how that teaching can be applied to my life. Pastor Christian, I read that not to uh, brag about the podcast, but just as an opportunity for you to maybe reflect for just a moment the importance of this one-two punch we put together for this podcast, the Sunday Sunday morning message as well as the podcast. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, so Joshua one eight says to meditate on the Scriptures. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night and be careful to do everything written in it. Then you can be prosperous. And successful. We talked about how Hezekiah grabbed that promise from 700 years before he was king. That word meditate is, is the, is the word. It's the word picture we get of a cow, um, chewing the cud. It, you know, a cow will, you know, if you were raised in a, in a farming community like me, um, a cow will eat the grass and then it'll vomit it, then it'll eat it again, then it'll vomit it. It, it sucks all the nutrients in, out of it. A cow has four stomachs and they're trying to get every last nutrient that they can out of the grass or the grain that they're eating. And that's what it means to meditate on scripture, literally to, to think about it, to digest it, to bring it up again and digest it in a different way, to think about it again and digest it in a different way, to, to think about it and apply it to your work life, to think about it and apply it to your home life, to think about it and apply it to uh, your marriage, to think about it and apply it to your past, to think about it and apply it to your future. Right? You can just, you can just chew on it all day long. And what we want this podcast to be is a, is just a second serving of the Sunday message, right? I love Thanksgiving dinner, but I like leftovers more than I like the Thanksgiving dinner so hot. Uh, my wife, every Christmas Eve makes a, like this huge macaroni and cheese casserole. Uh, it is, it is the greatest thing that our family eats. A shout out to Andrea Copta. Her son Caleb is in our church. He helped to start our church when I was a youth pastor. Once a year, they would invite me over because Caleb, uh, his life was off the rails and they needed me to help pull him back on again. So they would reward me for keeping Caleb out of jail with macaroni and cheese. It was incredible. Um, that is, that, that is, a, that is almost a stretching Caleb's life, but it's cool how far he's come because now he's my son's small group leader and he's keeping my son, um, on the straight and narrow. But that macaroni and cheese, when it comes out of the oven, it's good. Day two, when it comes out of the refrigerator, it's better. And, and we hope that's what this podcast is that as you listen on Sunday to a message or you listen online to a message, you catch a few things, but as you pull it back out and you begin to meditate on the truth and you just begin to chew on it a little more, a second hearing 
of the same content. You get something different, maybe even more powerful. That's that's what this podcast, that's what we're hoping it does. Honestly, we're hoping it does that for our small group leaders who are going to lead our small groups through discussions about it. But then this podcast is turned into a tool much larger for for. Lots of people who are listening to the message and then continuing to chew on it through this podcast. Uh, for those of you who review and send emails, thank you. It encourage it encourages us. Every time we hear something, it encourages us um, to get back here again on a Thursday afternoon and record a podcast and talk to people about what we are learning and what they can learn through the through the Word of God. Um, as you give yourself a second helping of it uh, on leftover day. That's a powerful word picture. Ruminate. Let the Word of God ruminate. I love it. Uh, one of your goals for this week's message is to teach us how to deepen our walk with God by deep, deepening our walk with others. Um, as you study the life of Hezekiah, Pastor Christian, what one thing did he do to deepen his walk with others? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked me this question because the first week of this series, you kind of said, hey, um, Christian, if there, if there were like just one thing that a new Christian could do, um, to really help them lock in spiritually, what would it be? And I said, hey, ask me on week three, because if there's only one thing that you're supposed to do, and I, and I really, you know, we, we think that every Christian should, should get into the word on a daily basis, right? Scripture's so, so important. But if there's just one thing you're going to start out doing, it's what we learned this week. Surround yourself with teachers, mentors, community, people who have a heart for you, for your spiritual growth. If there's just one thing to do to start off with, it's surround yourself with others who are growing, who love you, who want to watch you grow, who will teach you. That is the most powerful thing you can have in your life is a group of people. So you asked me the first week, hey, what's what's the one thing you can do? And I said, let's talk about it week three. We talked about it in the message on Sunday. We're talking about it again today. Surround yourself with others who can help you. In your message, you talk about three of those influences that we need to surround ourselves with that we all must have in our lives if we're going to experience good spiritual health. The, the first is a generation of teachers from the past, and I, and I love this thought. You touched on this in your message that I, I'd love for you to unpack a little bit more in the podcast. When I when I reflect upon some of the teachings from our church fathers or our, or Christian thinkers, I'm thinking of people like maybe Oswald Chambers that were taking a group of people through, C.S. Lewis, Dallas Willard, and the like. There's such a rich richness to their theology. Why is it that individuals will lean less on the spiritual wisdom of the past and, and actually even sometimes be just real critical of it, but have a greater trust in new wisdom that is that is less than a generation old. Can you can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so I, I believe it's the uh, it's the wisdom of the age, which Paul told the church in Corinth. Um, listen, the wisdom of the age doesn't doesn't always reflect the wisdom of the gospel. The world can't see spiritual things sometimes because they're spiritually discerned, and I I believe it is spiritual warfare to try to always match scripture to today's culture instead of matching today's life to yesterday's scripture. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus also said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means the word of God yesterday is the same for today, and it's the same forever. Just because culture shifts, just because education expands, uh, just just because things change doesn't mean that the word should change because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name was Jesus, and he said he's the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Um, and I think a lot of times people like to try to fit Scripture and the promises of Scripture because the promises of Scripture are great and the blessings of Scripture are great. But they're all in the context of a relationship with God, living under the authority and the direction of God. And a lot of times we want the promises and the blessing without the authority and the direction. So we say, let's take the promises and the blessing of old scripture, apply it to new life, and just put a new spin on it. And that feels really, really good for everyone. But the reality is, as Gamaliel told the Sanhedrin um, in the book of Acts, he says, listen, like there's all kinds of new truth that pops up. Let's let it live and breathe for a generation to see if this is truth that over the ages can be true, proven spiritually true um, through con, through the consistency of spiritual people, spiritual teachers, um, church movements, year after year, century after century, generation after generation. Um, and and Jesus, he, he did prove. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. It's not going to go away. Gamaliel says, hey, in a couple hundred years, if that's true, he, he was right. He is the Messiah. If not, it'll go away. You can't look at any new teaching in the last 25, the last 50, the last 100 years um, and say, man, they've, they've got a brand new – they've got a brand new breath of teaching. Let's think about it this way. Who's, who's going to know more about the context and the truth of George Washington? You know, you and I who right. you know live a couple hundred years after him in the same place speaking the same language or people 1,900 years from now. Who don't speak English because English is not a spoken language anymore. And they're just kind of re- they're reading about him and writings about him, but they're saying, Hey, 2000 years later, I, I think I understand him better than you do. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, there's no way. Um, the, the early church and the early church fathers would have more clearly understood the powerful work of the first century Holy Spirit better than we ever can because they were there. The church fathers of the second and third centuries spoke the Greek, read the Greek, not, not as students, as people that the New Testament was written. They are the people to tell us what these things mean over and over and over again. And these church councils that wrestled and gave their life for doctrines that they prayed would serve true over generations uh, did. Uh, I, I believe they're looking down in heaven thinking, man, I'm glad I fought for that when I'm did, when I did because you know, 1700 years later, it still proves to be true. Be careful of truth that's only 25 years old. Um, if you can't find it in a 2000 year written history of the church, just, just be humble. Yeah. Just, just be humble about it. Maybe, maybe God has spoken a brand new word. That's great. But, but just be humble about that. Um, because you may have found a nugget of gold that no one else has other ever found, or, um, maybe you've taken it a step too far, mm. or maybe you've diverted to the right or the left a little bit. Mm. So just a real practical question for you, Pastor Christian, because libraries are filled with with all of these books of great teachers and great great theologians. Who do you often refer back to for spiritual teaching that is older than a generation? Yeah, so if, if, I, if I go way back to the Church Fathers, I love reading Augustine. Um, Augustine's book, Confessions, Augustine was one of the Church Fathers. Uh, it's just one of the one of the greatest books in church history um, that you can read. I mean, we you know we could we could go on and on giving right. a bunch, but that that would be the one. If you thought, hey, I want to read a book by a church father, just Google Confessions by Augustine and and begin to re, begin to dig in a little bit because um, obviously his writings are phenomenal. So much of what mm-hmm. Martin Luther and John Calvin mm-hmm. um, you know wrote you know four hundred or so years ago, 300 years ago, is so very, very rich. And then just a, a generation back, 
um, but not hundreds of years old, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, almost everything Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, the book Cost of Discipleship should be a Christian, uh, a book that every Christian has read. And almost anything that C.S. Lewis wrote um, is phenomenal. Again, these guys are World War II era, so uh, they're a generation older. They they aren't ancient uh, in their history, but man, their their stuff is really, really good. I'm reading a study Bible this year. The church, uh, I'm reading the Church Fathers Study Bible. Um, so I'm reading every day from, you know, Clement of Alexandria and Origen and um, Irenaeus and Eusebius and people who live. What, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get a glimpse of Christianity between 200 AD and 500 AD. Wow. Um, I love reading what the Church Fathers wrote between 200 AD and about 350 AD. Because we don't have any copies of the New Testament scripture from that old. But when you hear them commenting on it, you know it was around. So it's just, it's, it's great proof to your heart. Like here they are giving commentary on the gospels, which we don't have that old, but clearly they were written because they're commenting on them. Mm-hmm. And to see the early church doctrine and theology, um, shaping so far back is, is just incredible. I've never read a study Bible like this before. Uh, it's, it's been one of the, one of the, most interesting study Bibles I've ever read. And I'm looking forward all year long to not just reading scripture, but reflecting on what Christian leaders 1900 years ago, 1800 years ago, 1700 years ago, uh, were saying, talking about Jesus and realizing it's the same thing we're teaching from our stage today. It's pretty cool. We could keep talking about that subject. Let, let's move on to the next, uh, the next question for today, Pastor Christian. The, the second spiritual influence we need in our lives are friends, but not just any friends, friends that will tear their clothes for you. Now, if that may sound a little awkward to you. You really need to go listen to the message uh, for Sunday. It was a really, really powerful point. Talk to the person right now who is thinking, I don't have that kind of friend right now, but I want that in my life. That kind of friend is someone you must have complete trust in. So what are some things, what are some characteristics we should look for to find that kind of a friend? So I think that, I think always the list that we want to be working off of is the fruit of the spirit found in Galatians chapter five, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think we need to look for people like Philippians chapter four, whatever things are noble, whatever things are worthy, whatever things are trustworthy, whatever things are lovely. We need to look at people who operate with life in in life that way with those types of characteristics we need to look for people who are encouraging we need to look for people who are humble we need to look for people who are selfless we need to look for people who are servants we need to look for people who are available you might find that type of person but they have no time for you probably not going to work for you um you need to look for people who look like Jesus love like Jesus try to serve like Jesus um, and then, and then very slowly try to, try to get to know them. Do whatever you can to get to know that type of person so they can be in your life. But you have to work for it. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard. You have to, you have to work for it. It's kind of, it's kind of like dating until you can find your spiritual match. But we talk about, um, we talk about tearing our clothes being symbolic mm-hmm. of our hearts ripped open. Uh, if you can imagine your friends hearing that your heart had been broken by something and when they show up at your house, their clothes are ripped symbolizing to you, um, hey, my heart is broken because your heart is broken. That's a friend you want showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you got to be a friend like that to have friends like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is, maybe you say, what should you look for? Look in the mirror and ask, am I somebody who, when I know my friend has a broken heart, who tears my clothes and says, me too, um, mm-hmm. because your heart is broken, my heart is broken, 
let's figure this out together. Because if you will be a friend like that, you will, you will have friends like that. Well, the third spiritual influence we should have in our lives that you touched on this Sunday as we, as we look at the life of Hezekiah is a leader to trust. Pastor Christian, I know that this is really important to you, both personally, pastorally. You are a constant learner, and you rely on the wisdom of others to speak into your life. And we've touched on that a lot in this podcast. But practically, I'd love to hear just how you posture yourself when you know that there's someone influential that you could really get a lot of good wisdom from. How do you posture yourself to accept this wisdom from others? What, what's your strategy? So Coach John Wooden, you know, who coached at UCLA, was probably the most legendary college coach. Um, you may know more statistically than I do. I think he won 10 yes. national championships, maybe seven in a row at one point. He, yeah, won 100 straight games at some point, had the greatest college players uh, you know, Lou Alcindor, who played for him, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar later, Bill Walton. I mean, coached some of the greatest college players. Um, and he, he became a leadership ex- expert later in his life, said it's what you learn after you know it all that really matters. What, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, regardless of what I know, I'm trying to learn. And I'm trying to learn from people who have been there and who have done that. Um, and, and who I admire. So this week, our ministry staff had, uh, Pastor Jeff and Sherry Surratt in to do a two day ministry retreat for our staff, talking about marriage, talking about family, um, and then talking about ministry. And Thursday, we had a, a little smaller environment where just our lead team got to sit down with Jeff and really get into the nuts and bolts of how we lead our church, how we lead our team, how we structure our week and everything Jeff would ask us. I would just turn right around at him um, when he, you know, he'd say, hey, tell me what your director's meeting look like. I, I would say, tell me what it should look like. Um, hey, tell me how you guys do your staff meetings. Well, how do you do your staff meetings? Um, tell me how you do this. Well, how do you do this? Like, it really doesn't matter. He He's trying to say, help me understand what your church looks like. And I'm trying to say, it really doesn't matter because you know more than us. Tell us what it should look like. We know what it does look like. Tell us what it should look like, and we will have the humility to change it. Um, so you just tell us what it should look like, and we will adjust. That way we don't waste a bunch of time saying, here's how we do things. What do you think? We find someone who knows how things are done. We find someone who's excellent in their field. We find someone um, you know, whose walk is worthy of duplicating. And we say, all right, teach us how you do what you do, uh, because the distance between who we are and who you are, where we are and where you are, we'd like to close a little bit. And and we're humble enough to try to become more like you. And and Brandon, that's the posture of a Jesus follower. We we need to we need to quit telling Jesus what we know about everything. We need to quit giving Jesus our opinions on everything. It really doesn't matter. We need to be the people standing on the banks of the Jordan River getting back baptized by John the Baptist who are saying, "We've accepted the message. Now what do we do?" It doesn't matter what we've thought before, what we've done before, what we've liked before. You tell us what to do now. That's the posture of Christianity. Uh, and we're, we're just really, really fortunate that God has opened our door somehow. When I told Jeff on Tuesday night, you know, he said, tell me your story of how you got connected with Pastor Brian Beloy and Mac Lake. And when I told him the story of dumb luck, that God has invited into their world, their life, where they literally became our spiritual fathers and pastors. He kind of just chuckled and he said, it re- you really, 
You really did have no other connection but God, did you? I said, no, it wasn't, it wasn't us. They didn't know us. They weren't proud of us. They didn't say, um, Hey, we want you to, we want you to be a part of us because we think you'll be great. They felt sorry for us. Mm -hmm. We literally showed up on their doorstep. They felt sorry for us and said, let us help you. Everybody God has put in our life has just been an example and God has helped keep our hearts soft enough and our minds humble enough to keep saying, Hey, listen, it doesn't matter where we are. We see where you are. We want to try to get closer. Help us. Pastor Christian, this has been an extremely helpful episode and really practical for all of us. So I just want to thank you for sharing with us some of your wisdom that you've received from the influence of spiritual leaders of your past, the spiritual community that you live in, and the leaders that you trust. And we're so grateful that you listened to the podcast today. Don't forget, if this episode has challenged you or helped you in any way, please rate and review on whatever platform you listen to. This is extremely helpful to help us get the word out about this resource. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.